Hello, listeners. This is Zane Sanguine, your local representative of the Society of Shadows. Do you enjoy the show and wish to see it performed live? Well, if you are in Southern California the end of July, your wish will come true. We will be doing an interactive performance of Return Home on Sunday, July 31st, as part of the Midsummer Scream Halloween Festival in Long Beach, California. See all your favorite characters come to life in this brand new story, exclusive for Midsummer Scream. The performance will be highly interactive, with you being able to change the course of the story several times throughout. Think of it as a choose-your-own-adventure, return-home-style. Not only that, but we have a few more surprises up our sleeve that will be revealed once you're in our clutches. <coughs> I mean, once the performance begins. Remember, this isn't just going to be a passive performance. You are part of the show. Again, the date is Sunday, July 31st at 2.30pm at the Long Beach Convention Center. For ticketing information and to learn more, visit MidsummerScream.org or our website at ReturnHomePodcast.com. And now, we invite you all to Return Home. Previously on Return Home. My name is Jonathan Barker. After five years away, I returned to my hometown of Melancholy Falls after receiving a mysterious phone call. Hello, Jonathan. Return home. On my way into town, I got into an accident. A stranger found me and made sure I made it to the hospital. You were brought in late last night around 3 a.m. when Mr. Sanderson found you in the middle of the road, lying next to what we can only assume was your car. Along with my best friend Buddy, I found that larger forces were at play. I was a pawn for the Society of Shadows in their fight against the coming darkness. Serve the shadows! So far, our encounters with the problems of Melancholy Falls have been less than normal. From interdimensional psychopathic tentacles... Take this, you calamari son of a bitch! ...to hair-raising encounters with werebunnies. Now, I continue my journey to unravel the mystery of what my hometown has become, or has always been. Let's go find the weird. It is now time to return home. Diners are a way of life in New Jersey, and it's no different here in Melancholy Falls. For as long as I can remember, I've been coming to Big Jones and enjoying her delicacies. It wasn't that the food was five stars, or even that the service was all that great, but it's basically a rite of passage in the state to eat at a diner at least once a week. And it just so happened that Big Jones was our diner of choice. It's become comfort food in a way, and a taste of home. That and she seriously has the best damn hot dogs I've ever tasted. Corner booth or at the counter? You know what? Let's change it up today and sit up close and personal with her. You know she loves that. Living dangerously, look at you. You've seen what my life has become. I think we can handle Big Joan. I used my free hand, the one not in a sling, to lead the way. My arm still hurt from when Janice, former queen of the werebunnies, shot me a few days ago. 
Even though the bullet just grazed me, Dr. Marsh still gave me a sling to wear until it healed. We found two open seats along the counter and sat down. Within moments, Big Joan herself dropped two menus in front of us as a greeting. What do you want to drink? I'll have a water, please. And you? I will have unsweetened iced tea, please. Want to hear our specials? Sure. We got a tuna melt sandwich with fries and your choice of an additional side for $6.95. We have a turkey sandwich on a special roll for $4.95. What kind of roll is a special roll? It's just a regular roll. So why is it called a special roll? Because it's part of the special. Do you want it or not? I think I'm just going to go with the hot dog platter, please. Great. You? The same? Great. I'll have it out in a few minutes. While Big Joan walked away, I took a look around the room to check out who was around today. Big Jones has always been an interesting place with an assorted cast of characters. On any given day, you'd get a nice cross-section of the town among her patrons. From familiar faces to some you haven't seen before. Looking for someone? No, not really. Just kind of checking things out. Keeping an eye out, you know? Good idea. You never know when something strange is going to happen, even at Big Jones. My eyes searched each booth and its occupants. Nothing of real interest caught my eye until I got to the booth on the end and noticed a man facing away from us who seemed to be sobbing quietly. Hey, do you know that guy? Who? Oh, over in the corner? I can't be sure, but it kind of looks like Mr. Sanderson. I wonder what's up with him. That's Mr. Sanderson? Really? I mean, I think so. How come? That's the guy who found me out on the road the night I came back into town. They told me he made sure I got to the hospital. Well, that was awful nice of him. I never got a chance to thank him. Maybe I should go over there and say something. As I got up to head over there, Big Joan grabbed my arm to hold me back. Might be best to leave him alone right now. How come? Today's the anniversary of his son's death. Oh. Losing him messed him up pretty good. He hasn't been right since. Well, maybe he would like some good news then. Johnny's better and that's all thanks to him. He might like to know that. Your choice. Just letting you know. Your dogs are coming out soon. Big Joan walked away again, leaving Buddy and I to contemplate what to do. I think you should go talk to him, dude. It might do him some good. Yeah, I I think you're right. Some good news had to help cheer him up, right? I got up and made my way over to Mr. Sanderson's booth. As I got closer, it was obvious that he was trying to contain his sobs. Not wanting to scare him, I called out to him as I approached. Uh, excuse me? Mr. Sanderson? Oh, uh... Yeah. He turned around slowly, trying to wipe his eyes to hide their redness. Do I know you? I'm sorry to bother you, but I'm Jonathan Barker. I'm the guy you found in the road not too long ago. Thought you looked familiar. I'm glad you're feeling better. But you are feeling better, right? Yes, I, I am much, actually. Thank you. I uh, just wanted to say thanks for helping me out. You really saved my life. I'm glad I was able to help. I mean, I was wondering how you were doing after the paramedics arrived. I, sorry, I... I I didn't want to stick around. Oh, it, it's no problem. You did more than enough. So, thank you. You're welcome. It was nice meeting you, Mr. Uh... Oh, it was Barker, but please, call me Jonathan. Jonathan. Great. Well, you be careful on the road there. I don't want to find you out there again. I'm just grateful you were out there that late, whatever the reason. So, thank you, again. As I stuck my hand out for him to shake, I noticed his eyes began to well up again as he stuck out his own hand. We shook, briefly, before he turned away again, trying to hide his tears. Are you okay? Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Um I'm 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 sorry. I'll be I'll be fine in a few minutes. Are you sure? Do you want to talk about it? It's just a bad It's a bad time of year for me. Too many bad memories. Do you want to talk about it? No, no, no. Thank you. I don't I don't want to burden anyone with my troubles. I really don't mind. I mean, you did save my life and all. It's the least I can do. Yeah. I'll be fine, but thank you. I mean no disrespect, but you don't look fine. You look like you can use a friend. <sighs> I'm, 
I'm not even sure I've had one of those in quite some time. Well, let's change that. You mind if I sit down? I'm not sure you want to be seen with me. People in this town, they don't really come around anymore. I, I, I think I've lost it. Speaking as someone who knows full well how crazy this town actually is, trust me, I don't mind. I took a seat across from him in the booth, and he gave me a slight smile. You're not like the others, are you? I'm slowly beginning to realize that myself. Would your friend be upset you abandoned him? I look back to Buddy, who was already engaged in eating our lunches, paying no attention to Mr. Sanderson or myself. I think he'll be okay. It's, uh, Nick, by the way. What is? My name. Nick Sanderson. Well, it's a pleasure to meet you, Nick. I think, actually, we went to high school together. I mean, for a year or two, I... Pretty sure you graduated a few years after me. You know, you're right. I do have a vague recollection of you being a senior when I was a freshman. I studied his face for a moment and saw the aging that had been done to it. Though he was only a few years older than me, the stress of the last few years had obviously taken its toll on him. I, uh... I was out there to be closer to my son. You mean when you found me? I know it sounds crazy, but to me it helps. I just... It helps to be near him. Near the last place he was, anyway. Do you mind if I ask what happened? Surprised you don't know. Damn near everyone in this town does. I haven't been around the last few years, so I've been kind of out of the loop. Somewhere better than here, I hope. I wouldn't say better, really, but I was out in California. Never been. Always wanted to, though. So did Rory. Who is Rory? My son. The one I lost. Oh, I'm really sorry. I haven't really talked about it in years. Mostly kept to myself after my wife left. Kept it all in. Sometimes it's good to get it off your chest, though, as opposed to bottling it up. I know from experience that bottling it up never helps. Yeah? I guess you're right. Uh, you sure you want to listen? It's... It's a lot. Positive. Well, I guess I have to start off by saying it was my fault. I know it was. I don't care what people say or how many say it or no one... No one can convince me otherwise. <sighs> my son is dead. And it is all my fault. <sighs> Just to say the words out loud. It's been a while. My son. Rory. He was four. That kid loved the outdoors. Oh, he loved exploring it. It just it didn't matter where or what the weather was. He just wanted to see and learn everything. I mean, this kid, I mean, you go to the park and he'd climb every tree. He'd turn over every rock and splash into every puddle. It just, he loved to learn more about the world around him. And my wife and I were just happy to let him. I mean, I mean, I even bought him a science kit. I mean, he would, and this kid, I, I kid you not, Rory would spend hours taking samples of leaves and dirt and anything he could find, and and he would just study it under the you know little cheap microscope it came with. He didn't care. He was having fun, and it just it kept growing in him. I mean, eventually he started getting even you know curious about animals. Well, we had a dog at the time, and of course Rory loved him to pieces. He spent. So much time just letting Rory study every inch of him. I mean, the dog was patient, but Rory was gentle, too. He just, he had a knack for it. 
and it just like it just kept growing. Eventually, Rory began interest in things that were outside of our home. I mean, he wanted to see the wildlife. He wanted to know how things survived outside of our front door and without getting someone to feed them and walk them every day. He wanted to know the natural way of things. And zoos, they, I mean, zoos kind of helped a little bit for a while, but he, he wanted to see animals in their natural habitats. And so then I took him to the pond and I I let him see the animals at the pond. I mean, yeah, it's not wild, but it's like he he would look at the ducks and the geese and he'd be like, okay, uh, how are they acting? Okay, brown ducks, dark stripes, slow to eat for my hand, likes bread, not cucumbers, that kind of thing. It was silly kid stuff, but he could not, he couldn't get enough of it. He sounds like a really smart kid. Yeah, he was a smart kid. He really was. He had an unquenchable knowledge. He just, I love that about him. If he was he was learning about worms from a book. That was the next thing he was he was trying to figure out, and decided uh, decided he wanted to focus on them. So he, I guess he must have seen them in the yard, and and he just he he wanted to see how they how they worked when it rained. Like why did they come out of their holes and things? I I, I was like okay, I'll I'll help and. So I was like, okay, when it downpours, you can you can find the the worms on the road, and and we can we can do that, and that's what he wanted to see. So I promised him. I said, okay, next time it rains, I'm I'll take you out to look. So he packed up his bag and his science kit, and he was ready to go at a moment's notice. It was, I mean, that kid had everything. I mean, it had whatever. I mean, magnifying glass, tweezers, glass jars. He wanted to like put them inside there. It was it was pretty cute. Of course, uh, just my luck, the next time it rained, I was working, and uh, I didn't get home till, uh, till it was pretty late. He begged and pleaded with me to take him out, and I was like, no, 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 it's too late, it's dark out, it's, I was tired, and had just been a long day of work, and I kept telling him, no, 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 next time, next time, he, he was upset, he was like, but you promised, and I... He just kept saying it over and over, and his tears streaming down his face. But I, I couldn't budge. I mean, it wasn't safe. I, I sent him off to bed, and I, I thought, okay, maybe he'll just sleep it off, and maybe we can look in the morning or something. I, I didn't know. My wife tried to talk to him, and he just ignored her and pulled the covers over his head until she left. It was, uh, it was much later, around I think one in the morning. After we were uh, long in bed for the night, that uh, we heard the banging noise. It was pretty constant every few seconds, and my wife was nervous that someone was in the house, and so I went downstairs to check. It's the front door. The storm was already raging outside, and the wind was banging everything. It was pretty violent. I knew we'd locked up earlier, so I had no idea how this had happened. I just... And then it dawned on me. I ran upstairs in a panic. I mean, my wife could see on my face, my eyes. Just, she was yelling, "What? what's wrong? What's wrong? And I, I ran to Rory's room and his bed was empty. The only reason I knew something, the only reason I knew someone didn't take him was because his red jacket and shoes were missing. And his bag containing the science kit was gone. And I figured it out. He had gone out to see the worms on his own. 
I immediately jumped in my car and started looking for him. I had no idea how long he'd been gone for, where he even wandered off to. But he was out there somewhere in the storm. I, 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 why? Up and down the streets I looked, but I could not find him. Eventually, I, I, I moved towards the highway. I kept getting further out. and At this point, I'd been looking for over an hour. I just kept thinking, what if... What if something happened to Rory? What if... What if something happened to my little boy? I mean, he's out there all alone. Where is he? Why can't I find him? I mean, why... Could he, did he go that far? By then, I was so upset. I mean, I was just distraught with tears and just everything. My eyes just started... It started slowly, but then I was just full-on bawling. I just... Everything was coming out of me all at once. Ugh, I was so worried about my son. I didn't know what to do. I've never been in that kind of panic before. I was on the highway then, and my windshield wipers just kept going as fast as they could to wipe away the rain, and it was, it was, it was just so much. It was between that and my own tears. It was, I was struggling to see, but I wouldn't give up. I just couldn't. I, I kept driving, driving and crying and and worrying and just, it just, I just, where was he? And I saw a piece of debris in the road. By the time I noticed it, it was too late. Too close to even consider changing course. I just... I hit it head on. It just bounced off my windshield, sending some the crack through it. And I just... I screamed and slammed on the brakes before just the car just... I don't even know what went, but it, it stopped somewhere. And it was just me. Silence and the rain. Seconds were minutes and hours. I got out to inspect the damage, make sure everything was okay, see what scrap was left over from the tree I hit or whatever it was. I got out of my car. I staggered a few steps towards the rear, and I, st- I was just I was dazed from the accident. And as I looked around, I I did see debris. It was all over the road. Broken jar. Destroyed plastic container. A book. My brain... My brain was still trying to figure out why these things were in the middle of the road. I just... I think inside, I think I knew. I spotted what I hit a little bit up the road. My legs made their way there slowly. Subconsciously, I was just not wanting it to be true, not wanting to believe it, not wanting it, just the reality to set in. And But as I got closer, I saw it. Flashes of red in between the sheets of rain. I felt myself starting to black out. Starting to fade. My brain was just was trying to protect me from what I was seeing. Trying to protect me from the truth. I just fell to my knees. Just a few feet away. My legs refusing to work any longer, but I could not stop moving. I had to see. I had to know for myself. 
I crawled along the roadway, just drenched in rain, sweat, and tears, because I had to know. I had to hope I was wrong, but that this was a mistake. This could never have happened. With my last bit of strength, I grabbed that red cloth and pulled myself over to see. It was him. My Rory. My eyes. I saw his eyes. I knew he was gone. That's when I just started screaming. I couldn't stop. Because it was my fault. I was to blame. I caused this. I killed my son. Return Home, Episode 4, The Devil in Me. You just listened to Part 1 of 3. It was written by Jeff Heimbuck and produced by Andrew Taylor and Jeff Heimbuck. It featured the vocal talents of Nicole Cornijo, Casey Wayland, Forrest Orta, and Jeff Heimbuck. The original musical score was by Corey Celeste. You can find out more about the show by visiting our website at returnhomepodcast.com. You can also follow us on Facebook at facebook.com slash returnhomepodcast and on Twitter at returnhomeshow. If you've enjoyed the show, please consider supporting us by leaving a review on iTunes or contributing to our Patreon at patreon.com slash returnhomepodcast. Questions? Comments? Want to order a hot dog platter from Big Jones? Send us an email at returnhomepodcast at gmail.com. We'd love to hear from you. Until next time, pleasant dreams.